James Layson, the founder of a recruitment consultancy, found himself in a painful situation familiar to so many business owners. Too much revenue coming from a single source. This issue is one of the trickiest for founders to navigate because it often doesn't feel like a problem until it's already too late. Like cybersecurity or data backups, outsized revenue channels lurk in the background until the day comes that you get an unexpected phone call and your business has evaporated practically overnight. This is exactly what happened to James when a single client, which made up 90% of his revenue, called it quits. In this episode, we explored the decisions that led up to this moment and how James has both diversified his business and developed as a leader since that crisis. Whether you're building a B2B product, running a consultancy, or selling a consumer product on one particular marketplace, this is a crisis you are not immune to, but can absolutely avoid by learning from James's story. Hi James, and welcome to the Coaching Time Machine. Hey, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. What, what date are we going back to? Uh, it's the 1st of October 2019. Wow, and what's, what's, what's happening for you then? Um, there's a bit of context before it, but on that day we uh, lost one of our only and biggest clients, which was uh, to the tune of about 350k, I think. Wow. <laughs> Still hurts now. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for context, at the time, roughly, roughly, what sort of size of, of your business was oh, at that time? Ninety percent, and we were we were in a hiring growth period of our time because we we actually had two new starters the day we found out they'd gone bust in the papers. We found out through the through the news that they'd gone. And uh, I had two new starters looking there, you know, ready to start their day. And it was like the Wall Street crash in our office at that time. Wow. So so on the day itself, you've got these two new starters. You found out your biggest, like 90% of your revenue has just gone bust. Yeah. What, what are you feeling right now? <laughs> Real panic. I mean, there was a bit of context. So this was, we set up the business a couple of years before we'd been with this customer for a long time and we were all of our eggs in that basket for a long time and it was coming and they weren't paying for a long period of time and there was a lot of stress around payments all the time because they were a PE-backed business and they were constantly needing more funding and so on the actual day um, we thought that they were getting refinanced and we thought that there was going to be money available so we, we, we all obviously had this massive debt with them, but we also had about, I don't know, another 300k of forward revenue. So it wasn't just the actual amount we lost, it was the forward revenue that we'd we'd also accrued. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of stuff. I was trying to be calm, but I wasn't. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But for me, there was a lot of people's bonuses riding on it, a lot of people's money we'd paid out. We didn't have any money in the business at that point. So... How were we going to make the rent? Because clearly when businesses do this, they generally do it at the end of a month because they can't make the payments to their own staff, uh, which put us in the exact same position, to be honest, where we couldn't pay our staff. Um, we did, but we didn't have the money available to do it. Wow. This must have been quite <laughs> a shock moment. Probably the worst moment in my life I can remember business-wise, I think, you know, and, and it was a, 
accumulation of stress, really, because it'd been going on for two years, not being paid. You know, if if I paint the picture, we had uh, we hadn't paid our rent. We'd had to cancel all our direct debits. We weren't paying our bills. You know, I was walking into at the time it was a Regis office. I think we had about ten staff, and the office manager kept saying, "When are you paying your rent? If you don't pay it this week, we're going to kick you out and we're going to evict you." And I'm obviously forcing this pressure back on the client to say, if you don't pay me, I can't afford to pay my rent. I can't pay rent. And so when you go back to that moment, you realize how deep and dark it was. Um, and I suppose from an emotional point of view, you know, you'd, you're not paying your mortgage. You're not paying, you, you, you're the first person to not pay yourself. So for six to 12 months before that, I was taking a grand a month out of the business, not paying my mortgage. I was deferring payments. And so it caused a real, personal and professional conflict which was they're going to pay us we've had all the assurances that the money's there it's just a case of the waiting for investment and so you get yourself into quite a heavy debt position personally and professionally because you think you know they've they've paid us before so there's a bit of evidence that they will pay us again Mm. so you're in this moment where it's been going on for about two years they're your biggest clients you're kind of there's a stress not being paid but the hope that they might you put yourself in that personal financial pressure as well as the business. And then you've now got the pressure of paying your staff without the money in the bank, by some things. So what what, yeah. what, what are your options in this moment? Um, I, I mean, it was absolute panic. And as you'd imagine, um, I, I, you know, I've done coaching since this with yourself. And so since that, I've, I'm a much more mature person from the occasion. But I think at the time it's panic. It's stress, it's anger. There's a lot of emotions going around your head. And you're not thinking clearly about how you can get out of it. You're thinking, this is this is the end of my business that I've worked hard to create. Uh, and also, you, you, you're looking back and thinking, well, this is self-inflicted, right? I've got all my eggs in one basket. I knew that this was a possibility. And I knew that this was a uh, one of the outcomes that could have happened. But at the time, you're just thinking, how do I fix this? What do I do about it? And I honestly think I was in a daze for a week to two weeks while this was going on. I, I can't actually recall what I did in that moment because it was just so painful in terms of, yeah, you know, how do I pay my mortgage? How do I pay staff? So you just start to dissect it into little chunks of what can I do today? What can I do tomorrow to try and get people the money that they need? The other thing, and the the most painful thing, is we had no other clients because we'd put our eggs so firmly in one basket. We were, like, scratching around to say, well, what are we going to even do now? Because we haven't got any customers. We haven't got anything, any other revenue that we can pull from. So we put ourselves in a really tricky spot. It's interesting. Before we we move forward into what you can do about it, it's quite interesting, this, this point of getting to that point of, you said you were frustrated that you'd got to that point with having all your eggs in one basket with that succession yeah. of problems. What do you think it is in this moment that's got you, that's kept you with your eggs in this one particular client's basket on this yeah. journey? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a golfer and they say it's the hope that kills you. And I think in that situation, it's similar in terms of, you know, we'd been with this customer for two years. They'd paid us previously, but it was never good. And we had many opportunities. We could have reversed that and we could have changed our strategy, which is where the frustration comes because we had an opportunity to change that. Um, we could have, there was a couple of times where they didn't pay for three, six months at a time. And you, and when you got paid, 
and cleverly these businesses when this happens they don't ever pay your full balance off because they keep a little bit so that you keep keep coming back for more and so there was stages within the two years prior to that that we could have seen this coming and we could have probably changed the course of our business and because we hadn't I think you convince yourself that what they're telling is true and you know, the, the, the wise of me now would probably never let that happen again as a result. Um, but I think living through that moment, um, they're telling you the right things. You're seeing the right documents. You're seeing the right investment packs. You, I'd be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised it happened, but I was very surprised at how it happened because we thought it was going to get refinanced. Um, we'd actually just recruited a brand new chief executive for that business at the time. So, you know, they were making all the right noises about moving forward three weeks prior because we were very embedded in the business as an internal talent partner. Three three weeks prior, we were looking at office space for them in, in Leeds and they were going to expand. And then three weeks later, you kind of sat there with a massive hole in your accounts, no money in the bank, no money to pay the staff. Uh, and a lot of, being honest, like you forget, but a lot of employees lost a lot of money in that transaction as well for that worked for us. Um, and at the time, I probably never give that enough thought. Um, they all lost their bonuses. They lost probably money they'd already spent. And so everyone had leveraged their debt based on this money that we were expecting. Mm. So so back into smoking, then we, you're in the situation where everyone's kind of leveraged their debt and you're in this days of kind of a week, two weeks of days and break down to chunks. What, what, what are your options in terms of on the table moving forward? Yeah, well, as I said, it was a it was a, a dazed couple of weeks because it was just before payday. So we made the decision to put some money in ourselves to pay the staff, which we managed to do. Um, which, being honest, at that time was a very difficult thing to do because we were starting to look at things like remortgages and finances and loans, and we assessed all those options. And, and anyway, we managed to find some finance to, to pay the staff. And then you realise that this business that's gone bust with all these candidates that you've placed that are really, really happy with the service that they've had from us are all out of work. And you, your attention turns to the the problems they're having and you're getting all this frustration. Why have you placed me in this business? Why the hell would you have thought of putting my family at risk? And da 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 da, da. And, and I'll be honest, at that time I thought, well, I'm going to have to fix some of these situations because there's a lot of disgruntled people it's completely damaged our reputation as a business and the only way we're going to fight out of this is to proactively go and try and find homes for these people that have lost their roles um and at that point the focus became much more clearer on not how do we dig ourselves out of this our overhead was relatively low but how do we start to go and help some of these people get back into work and how do we start to proactively go and you know find people new homes um mm. and, and actually through that moment you then start to see revenue and you start to see outplacement deals and you start to the clarity comes in your thinking and you think we can definitely fix this actually um we might not make fees like we used to but we can actually do some deals with some companies and outplace some of these candidates into roles um and i just remember kind of after the week of being a bit dazed by it all you know there was there was probably six months of just absolute start again you know from the beginning um you're going through these moments and the and the thing i think i've talked to you about this before but the thing that you're going through is you don't want your family your friends your 
your business colleagues to know what you're going through because it's embarrassing. Mm. You feel embarrassed that you've allowed your business to get into this situation. Mm. Um, and I think on reflection, you know, I didn't reach out for any help. We didn't get any help. We just, if you'd have seen, I, I was trying to go back on my LinkedIn to see what would have been happening around that time, but I wouldn't have been putting posts out about it for sure. And I wouldn't have wanted anyone to know that it had happened to us. So, but I think if that was to happen now, you'd reach out and you'd got a network and there's people gone through similar situations. But back then it was kind of the pride of not letting people know what was going on. And d- does that include internally as well? That was, that was kind of like your friends, your family, sort of externally on LinkedIn. H- how, how was your communication internally at that point? Uh, terrible. So, and this is a, a real development point and anyone, I mean, there's plenty of people that still work for us now that were, were there. You know, I was I was a much I, I was angry at the situation, certainly for the first week or two, that probably angry at myself, but it probably came out in a reaction to other people rather than myself. But I was probably just angry that I'd put myself in this position. Um and you know, I had a duty of care to them to make sure that they were okay. And so, you know, should have been calmer, probably wasn't on reflection. But I think not being calm lost me a week, a critical week, actually. And most of our staff at that time probably remember, and I probably turned into a, we need to get on the phones, we need to do all these things, we need to do this. And you turn into a different leader at that stage, which wouldn't happen now, but did then. Hmm. Do you think at different times call for different leadership styles? Good question. I think... Yes, I do. And obviously with us going through a pandemic recently, you saw a very different version of me in that time. But that's muscle memory from going through hardship and problems in your business, I think. And you start to learn and you start to exercise muscles you didn't realise you had, you know. Um, when when all that went on, on the in October, we I thought we were done. So I wasn't really thinking about the future. I was thinking about the next week or the next two weeks. Um mm. So when the pandemic came, I thought, you know, this will pass. It, it always does. And I was a lot calmer about the pandemic than I was when the business went went bust. Mm. But it's, it's really interesting that you say that you in this moment, you were kind of in a daze and you were maybe angry. But it sounds mm-hmm. like instinctively you put your own money back into business at a time when you were financially stressed. You focused yeah. on the impact on your staff and you focused on the impact on the people that you placed, which sounds quite selfless in a time of personal crisis. I think that's a leadership style that you are starting to think, how am I going to pay this? I've leveraged my debt to a level that's probably not sustainable now. Um, But I do think that your mind goes to, I've hired these people. I've put these people into this business. I've got to take some accountability and responsibility for what I've done here now. Um, obviously, we we knew the business had a reputational issue. We knew the business was financing a lot, but we didn't know enough, probably in hindsight, that we should have done to be working as closely as we were. Mm. And that ultimately was the thing that killed us. We didn't have enough information and we didn't have enough knowledge of the situation. And look, I was two years into being a business owner at that stage or three years in. And I didn't have the skills either to know how to ask those questions and how business really worked because 
when you work at the Michael Pages and the PLC businesses that I've worked for, you don't get involved in that, you know. You oh, company went bust today, um, Michael Page lost a hundred k or whatever, and you you don't feel that pain, mm. um, even though you might lose a bonus or whatever. It's interesting when it's your own money; it, it, it hurts much differently, and it and it certainly you can compound the problem by your behaviour. And I did that, and I comp- I made it ten times worse because I I can't imagine I was a nice person to be around back then. So when you say compounded by behaviour, what 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 do you mean? Well, like like the pandemic, you know, uh, and I always come back to this, like we can't change what's going on around us and I couldn't change that situation because what you realise is that I wasn't in control of their finances and I wasn't in control of their, their, their investment. Um, so really, rather than focus on what I can control... I used the pent up anger to be to, to wind myself up and compound how I was feeling, which meant that we lost progress in actually solving anything. So after the week or two weeks of, of that, I still had to fix the problems around me. Um, and I think if you were, if I wasn't as an emotional as I was at that time, I would have probably handled it very differently, because actually the result that came out of it was wholly positive but at the time there was nothing positive and there was never going to be anything positive again in my entire life and the whole world was crashing around me but actually it was just catastrophe mindset you know this is the end of everything and there's no way we can dig out of this pay the staff and then we're gonna have to make some critical decisions so it sounds like the 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 behavior is that it's almost denial for yeah. For a week, two weeks and catastrophizing it as opposed to then switching into the solving bit, which you had to do anyway. Yeah, it's interesting. The It was always going to need to be fixed because of how much damage there was around it. Um, and so I was just looking for someone to blame and I was just looking for someone to, to be a scapegoat. And there wasn't one. The scapegoat was me. It was my decision to go into that relationship. It was my decision to continue but you're reaching, aren't you, for someone's fault? And you re- and, and I was reaching for like, it must be someone's fault. It's probably my wife's fault, everyone's fault at that time, but my own. Um, mm. But when you reflect now, you think that would, I wouldn't have handled that situation the same now as I would today. Mm. You get wiser. You also get more risk averse as you go through these things because you would never clearly put all your eggs in one basket again. So so how, how does that manifest today that not not putting your eggs in one basket and yeah. dealing with situations differently yeah i think we've mainly made sure that we've got a robust business now and there's plenty of different things going on and um i suppose the market we work in is property and construction at a senior level however if you look at that market it's volatile it always has been it's up and down so we've just safeguarded ourselves with different markets different propositions different talent solutions so that we're never like too embedded in one place and that we've got plenty of um, variety of customers variety of industries variety of clients which has obviously helped and so you you mentioned the pandemic in terms of a similar sort of big impact and your response if 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 Mm -hmm. first time round it was kind of like a two-week anger reaction what what did what did pandemic 
James look like. Yeah, good. And a lot of it came down actually to just business management, which I didn't have the skills when, when that had happened, which is lean cost bases, making sure that you're not overspending in any particular areas, making sure that, you know, you keep close to your key customers and that actually you maximize the things that you can do there and all the things that you'd expect a, a business leader to do. But it's more about the emotion, like attaching the emotion from nobody had any control in the pandemic. They might have felt they did, but they didn't have any control of how we manage the pandemic itself. And so you can only really do what you can do in, in, in the control that you've got. And, and I've, I've, I realized quite early in the pandemic that this is not going to be a quick fix and this might go on forever. And so we, we just made steps to make sure that we were as lean and as focused as we could be. And then the furlough scheme came and we didn't end up having to use it because our market came back relatively quickly. Um, but I think the panic is the bit that makes it worse. You, you can catastrophize a problem so that there's no way out. Um, and I think I've had to work on my mindset on that because I catastrophize a lot of things in my mind. Hmm. Is, is that inside and outside of work? Yeah, I think I've, I, and I've, I've got better at this, but I've, I've always, I've always looked at things and made the worst case scenario possible in my head. Hmm. Um, I do think that's always served me well as a leader because I already know what the worst possible outcome is going to be. <laughs> um, it can make me a little bit negative at times in terms of when something doesn't quite go my way but I've managed to internalise that now rather than externalise it so I've, I've managed to do that in my own head and rationalise it before it comes out which is just the filter that I've had to create over the years I think How has how how is that sort of <clears throat> realised that those realisations come about? About rationalizing the catastrophication <laughs> in my mind uh, I don't know you know because you, you realize don't you like I think you might have even told me this but as a leader like your actions are very 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 powerful to the way that your team react so clearly what I was seeing when I was doing this uh, catastrophizing situations is I was just making their confidence worse and making their performance worse and actually kind of when we did get out of the cloud of the uh, losing all the money and all the forward revenue, I needed that team to focus so that we could get ourselves out of it and dig ourselves out of it in the end. And, and we did. And, um, you know, we were doing 12, 14 hour days. We were ringing all of these candidates. We were just phone specking them into to companies around Manchester. It was honestly just, we'll do this until it's done. Um, and it just, it, it creates a resilience and the people that are still here, which, I mean, I reckon 70% of the people are still here. And if you ask them, it probably was the making of them in their recruitment careers because they didn't really have a choice um, in terms of, they joined a business, some of them knew, some of them had been there a while, but they'd, they didn't really know any other way. That was it. That was their world. Um, and so... We actually recovered all the money in the in, in that we'd lost from outplacing candidates and, and doing some creative stuff with customers. And on the back of that, we created loads of loyalty in a marketplace where people realised we did the right thing at the moment we needed to do the right thing. Hmm. Well, I, th I think it's really interesting the fact that your 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 assumption of responsibility went beyond the business and your own people into the people that you placed as well. I think I think that's a step beyond 
a, love, a responsibility that most people would feel? Yeah, that's a that's a fair comment, I would say. Um, I mean, it's it's heightened by the fact that we got a lot of the frustration as well in the early two weeks. So you're dealing with your own loss of the money and the situation and what it's going to create, but you're then also dealing with all of those hundreds of candidates calling you to say, you've ruined my life, you've, you've put me into the worst company possible, <laughs> I've got a mortgage, I've got a family, and it does... It did heighten the problem massively and it did make it 10 times worse than it could have been, you know. Um, but I suppose the fact it heightened the problem was good because it gave me fresh impetus to go and fix something. Hmm. So so that was good. And where, where's that taken? So if we take this journey to sort of the end, so at the time you're looking at a business where you just lost 90% of your revenue. It sounds like your revenue is probably about 500k, about 10 yeah. staff. Where... Where, where are you today? Where are we today? Um, so coming out of the pandemic, we were 12 people because um, that's where we were. If I look back to July last year, we were probably 10 to 15. We're, today we sit at 35 um, and probably three, four million quid in revenue. Um, and yeah, we've 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 done a lot of stuff that, that that I'm really proud of. We've done a lot around diversity, inclusion with customers. We've started to really add value to customers beyond recruitment, and I think that's been a sample of some of the, those hardships and then problems that we went through in the early days has steered what we wanted to do for customers. Um, and so, you know, our business is now separated into the US, the UK and an RPO business, and all are doing particularly well. So if you were to pull out, say, a couple of lessons from before that have led into this new sort of much bigger, stronger business, what would they be? Good question. Um, I think we've got a steely determination as a company when things don't go our way, and that's definitely been grounded from that situation. I think... My leadership skills have got better, thankfully, from that moment. Um, and so we've managed to create a vision and a culture that is based on people rather than on profit and cash. Um, and that's been a big one. And the biggest one from the actual lesson that I learned from that situation is, is you know, you've got to verify and establish more knowledge in a situation before you make decisions on how you work with a business so for us now we will put some tests in place to make sure a customer is going to do the things that they say they're going to do they're going to pay us on time they're going to do the things that they're going to do on time and and we want a partnership we don't want a customer that's going to just use us for recruitment and nothing else so, so we're very very selective on the top types of businesses that we work with um, and we just make sure that we've got a good dispersion of clients across a wider group um, and that's that's been our most important part. Mm. And, and what what about for you as a leader? What's 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 been the biggest difference between you now versus then? Um, it might be age. Uh, I, I'm calmer, certainly calmer. I think that it's funny when you look back, you realise you know every time you had a back out of a fee or every time something didn't go right, everything was the world was ending. And it's funny when you move on five years, how little those things irritate you or those things matter in the grand scheme of running a business. 
but at the time when you're building and that 5k 10k 20k is the the most important thing at that moment in time you realize there's more to it now and there's more to to, to sort of the situation because that that situation could have been a lot worse. We could have got rid of all of our staff. We could have had to get rid of all, like all the people that we'd placed, might not have got new roles. So I was obsessed at that point in making sure that every last person in that business got a job. And it gave me a, a, a drive to make sure that we fix that. Because mm. it was all, in my head, I'd, I'd made catastrophized that it was my mess that I'd created. If you take a moment to look back at what we've gone through today, just taking the time to re relook at that moment, is there anything fresh that struck you today? Yeah, I would say that the fresh thing is when you talk about it now, um, I would have probably said to my friends, I was a hero back then. I, I fixed the world. I think when you actually look back, the behaviour would have been absolutely not acceptable where the way I behaved back then. But you find a way to create a new narrative in your head to support that you wore the cape and you flew in and you fixed everything. And evidently we did fix things, but we um I was probably not the guy that I would want to be now if that happened again. Almost a super villain rather than a superhero. Yeah, yeah, it probably <laughs> was a super villain, yeah, yeah, to be fair. Um but I think yeah, we would have. We, I, I would definitely look back on that moment and try and erase some of my behaviours. Um, but I also think that's part of growing up in leadership is that you, you don't get everything right when you're a leader. But I think, and from coaching, like we've said before, it's about reflection and it is about corrective actions when you when you do reflect on some of the things that you did. It's probably what's made me a better leader, to be honest. Hmm. Do, do you think you would be have achieved what you have right now if you hadn't been through that moment? No. No, because I think that um, part of my upbringing and all the other things and, and, and things that happen in your life generally are some of the big drivers for me. And I think from a business point of view, that's the same with that particular situation is it made me more focused and more diligent, but it also made me driven to make sure it never happened again. And so that fear does actually drive me a little bit. Well, James, that has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to jump in the time machine. And uh, <laughs> look forward to catching up soon. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. As you heard today, coaching opens up a whole range of insights and areas to explore. If you have a potential moment to revisit on the podcast, or just want to learn more about coaching, book in for a 30-minute chat with me at peer-effect.com.